And I'm Ash. Welcome to Crime Potatoes Podcast. Grab your snacks, get comfy, and let's get to it. Episode potatoes. Yes. Kenzie, what's your snack for the day? Uh I don't really have a snack unless you count Diet Dr. Pepper a snack. That counts. I just have a drink too. I I have strawberry shortcake from Fizz. It ha it's Sprite with cream, strawberry, vanilla, and cupcake syrup. <laughs> it's really good. That actually sounds really good. <laughs> It is so good. So yummy. Very sugary. Very sweet, but so good. All right. Are you ready for this week's episode? I don't know. Am I? Yeah. It's when you know. (laughs) (laughs) Bring it on then. So I am not going to list my sources for the day just because there's a lot of them and so... We will just put those in the show notes, but today I am telling the story of Danielle, Imbo, and Richard Patron. I've been waiting for you to do this one. Yes, this is when we first announced like our podcast on Instagram. This is one of the first episodes, like I think someone asked us like, what is like one one case that just frustrates you um and this is definitely that case for me (laughs) yeah and I can see why like knowing what I know yeah but I'm excited to see all that you have and put together so thanks (laughs) might not be anything new but all right still still Danielle Autobre was born on August 7, 1970, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. As the daughter of a musician, she fell in love with music. Singing and attending concert quickly became a big part of her life. She met and married her husband, Joe Imbo. Together, they had a son named Joe Jr. In 2004, when their son was just 18 months old, Joe came home from attending the Super Bowl. As soon as he walked in the door, he told Danielle he wanted a divorce, um, that he had met another woman on the plane ride home. This was obviously very shocking to Danielle. Um, So hurt and confused, she agreed to go through with the divorce. Um, She doesn't deserve to be someone's second choice. The separation deeply affected Danielle, and she became depressed, began smoking, and even lost a lot of weight. This is when Richard Patron, a childhood friend, came back into her life. Richard Patron was born on August 9, 1969, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Richard was a hardworking single father to his 14-year-old daughter. Like Danielle, 
he had a love for music. Richard and Danielle grew up just a few houses away from one another. Danielle and Richard's sister, Christine, had remained close friends from childhood, and that is how the two reconnected. They immediately fell for each other and began dating. Even through Danielle's upsetting divorce, the pair were happy together, even through the ups and downs. Um, so they did have kind of like an off-again, on-again relationship, um, and Danielle and Joe were not divorced yet. So they were separated and like going through the process, but it wasn't like finalized. Okay. All right. So Joe's relationship with the woman from the plane ended shortly after it began, which was unsurprising. And of course, he he came crawling back to Danielle, begging for another chance to save their marriage. Of course he did. Yep. Of course. And of course, her feelings for her estranged husband didn't just disappear overnight, but she still believed the divorce was necessary. On February 19th, 2005, Richard called his sister to ask if she'd like to go watch some live music with him. She declined, but Danielle happened to be with her, so she asked Danielle if she wanted to go. Although Daniel and Danielle and Richard hadn't spoken for a few weeks since they were on an off again period she accepted the she accepted the invitation richard picked her up in his 2001 black dodge dakota they made their way to south street to a bar called abilene's there they met up with two of richard's friends anthony and michelle the group watched the band perform singing and dancing along they were all having a good time and Danielle and Richard were snuggled up in the booth and even shared a kiss. Things seemed normal and happy. Okay, pause. What year is this? Remind me. This is 2005. Okay. I couldn't remember. Okay, keep going. You're good. All right. So things were just seeming normal. Um, and Richard and Danielle began making plans for the next weekend when Anthony and Michelle asked the two if they wanted to hit up another bar with them. They turned the friends down, though, due to commitments they each had for the next day. At 11.45, the group decided to go their separate ways. Richard said he would drive Danielle to her home in Mount Laurel and then go back to his own home in South Philly. They walked out of Abilene's towards the truck, and that was that. Dun, dun, dun. The next morning, Danielle failed to show up to her hair appointment, and then when her husband arrived to her home to drop off their son around 3 p.m., she wasn't there. This is when her family knew something was wrong. She was a dedicated mother to her son and would have never missed greeting him. Along with Danielle, Richard was also missing. So last anyone saw them was when they left the concert. Yes, they. so they left the bar... Um, they left Abilene's bar mm -hmm. and went to their truck, and that's the last time they were seen. Okay. Both families filed reports and began searching immediately, combing through the streets and canvassing neighborhoods in every single direction. They even began handing out pictures of the two, along with a picture of the truck. But nothing turned up. All three just seemed to have vanished. Police began an intense investigation, searching waterways, 
fields, and even scouring the Delaware River. Still, there was absolutely no sign or evidence of Danielle, Richard, or even the truck. Which is just so crazy because it gets one thing if a person vanishes, but you have two people vanish and the truck that they were yeah, last seen Yeah, it's not in. just some little car. Yeah, it's a big truck, like, which, yeah. So, the lack of evidence actually grabbed the FBI's attention and they no longer treated it as a missing persons case. Christian Zahara, Zaharia, I think I said that wrong, um, from the FBI stated, this didn't just happen. We feel this was an orchestrated act. Like we said, like you said, it's possible for people to go missing, but two people along with a 3,000 pound truck, there's just no way. There's no way that just happened. Yeah. Like most cases of missing people, spouses are always the first questioned. Danielle's husband, Joe, was questioned many times and given a lie detector test, which came out inconclusive. However, he did have an alibi for that night. He was actually at a child's birthday party, um, and his stepfather was there, who was a retired police officer, along with other police officers that were still serving. However... It did later come out that Richard had received threatening phone calls from Joe prior to their disappearance. Um, However, like I said, he had a pretty rock-solid alibi, so it just kind of was just something that happened, but nothing that they can say this is evidence like, yeah. So, Joe has never formally been declared a suspect. So, what are your thoughts, Kenzie? Was this a professional... We're not done. You can't be done. Because (laughs) I want this case solved. Let me freaking tell you, okay? So, on... They do have to go over a bridge. So, um, where Danielle lives in um, Mount Laurel, right? Yeah. And Richard lived back in South Philly. So to get to Danielle's house, he had they had to drive over a bridge and then he would have to drive back over that bridge on the way home. So they even checked that bridge, seeing if like maybe the truck went over. Nothing. There is not a grain of sand of evidence or clue to where Danielle, Richard, or the truck went. All three literally vanished and still to this day, 18 years? Is it 18 years? I'm bad at math. <laughs> yes, 18 yeah, years. Yeah, 18 years later. I, I wish you could all see my face. Um, trying to figure out math. But yes, 18, year la- 18 years later and there is still... Not one clue, not one button out of place for them to even have anything to move forward with. Why did I think there was more to this case? I don't know. There's really not. It's insane. Um, They did have search teams um, go throughout like the Delaware River and 
other bodies of water that were surrounding the area. And they were able to recover some vehicles, but none of them were the 2001 black Dodge Dakota. So That's none of them. Insane. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, do, Was this hmm. a professional hit? Did the police maybe miss something in the water? Or did they just decide to say goodbye to their lives and leave? But that doesn't make sense because, uh, yeah, she has a kid. Yes. And he had, he has a kid too. He has a 14 year old daughter or he had a 14 year old daughter at the time. Um, so both of them have kids. They both have jobs and she was even working from home at the time. Like they had like a pretty good, like. I mean, other, you know, their hardships, her going through the divorce and stuff, like, they had Mm -hmm. hardships, but even aside from that, like, their life was pretty, pretty good. So, in March 2022, a private organ-based search and recovery dive team known as Adventures with Purpose announced they were working on the case. The team has solved 11 of its 36 missing person investigations since 2021. So, within just a year, they solved 11 missing person cases. Um, And they have carried out multiple dives in the Delaware River. However, still, nothing has come up. Um, And Doug Bishop, who is one of the group's members told CBS, I know the FBI's position is that there was foul play and that the vehicle has somehow made it to a chop shop. However, there's no actual information leading to suspect those types of conclusions. So our specialty is water. We know we have a couple that's missing and missing with their vehicle, and we are going to do what we do best. So this dive team They aren't the FBI, they aren't the police, but they are just like a private recovery dive team. So they believe that they can maybe find them, but um, even the FBI is like this. They do think there's like foul play and like it was a professional, like perfectly planned out hit. Which makes you wonder because you said... You said that there's no evidence, but what if they do have evidence? They're just not releasing anything that they do and have. And that could be it too. You know, yes. that makes them think yeah. that this was a hit. Yes, for sure. I've never actually thought about that, but that's like very, because I know the police do that a lot. Actually, they don't release evidence they have because it can, you know, um, what's the word? Cause yeah, the, the person, the suspect, to go into hiding. Yeah. It could, yeah. Still, to this day, there's no evidence to lead to the musing couple or the truck. There is a $50,000 reward for information leading to the location of Richard and Danielle and or to the arrest of those responsible for their disappearances. And that is it. And... Going back to that question we were asked on our stories before we started recording, like what is one of the most baffling cases, this one has always just stuck with me. Like it's one that I really remember like 
all about it because like how much they have searched, how much ground they have covered, yeah, how much water they have dived through, you know, like they have literally like torn everything apart and they can't find anything. Like like I said, they can't even find a grain of sand that would point them to where they may have gone or where the tr- truck have, may have driven to if it even went to Danielle's house. Like, it's nowhere. Everything is gone. Could they have taken, like, a different route that wouldn't have taken them um, over the bridge? So, from what I could tell is there is a different route. However, both of those different routes would eventually cross over a bridge. Okay, so they've checked both of those and everything. Yes, so they have checked literally all the water um, waterways surrounding the area. I think they said within like, I want to say like a 200 mile radius, Okay, I believe is what they searched. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy too, because I mean, they did like, especially the family, um, the police did have to wait 48 hours just because, you know, they're adults. So, um, they had a, you know, yeah, say, and well, I know they're... protocols have changed since yes. then for a lot of yeah, places. This is... I mean, it was 2005, so they probably s- yeah. still waited. So they were, you know, police were like, okay, they took the missing, they took the reports, but they couldn't act on them until a certain amount of time has passed. But the family, like I said, they got looking the next day. They left the bar at 11.45, and she didn't show up to her hair appointment at 10 a.m. the next morning. So sometime between there is when they went missing, and as soon as 3 o'clock the next day hit, they went out, reported her missing, while reporting both of them missing, handing out flyers, all of the above. Like, the families were immediately out looking so that's what not even 12 hours maybe give or take so and no one spotting the truck and like the license plate was released like everything so it's just it's just so crazy yeah they just literally vanished like yeah it just bothers me because like we, like we said a billion times in this episode already, people go missing and it sucks. But then you have these two people go missing with a 3,000 pound truck. Just like that too. And then there's nothing. Like you would think that they would at least find the truck. Right. If anything has happened. Like. Yeah. There is definitely um, like on Reddit and stuff, you can go read all like people's crazy you know conspiracies or theories conspiracies yeah and yeah I don't even know what to think honestly I kind of lean towards like maybe a professional hit just because if it was a professional hit they got rid of everything you know what I mean yeah but who would hire or why what was the reason for this hit you know what I mean you don't because they don't have any suspects their only one that they thought of was has an alibi but at the same time I'm like is that something he made sure did he do the hiring or I mean is there anybody in Richard's life that would have been angry with him and yes um oh and his friends actually that were with them that night 
um, Michelle and Anthony. Yeah. They were both taken in for questioning as well, and they both took um, the lie detector test as well. They passed, and after, um, there wasn't, like, a lot of, like, specific information, but the police were just like, yeah, we are, like, very certain that they had nothing to do with it, and even though that they were the last people to see them. Going back to the lie detector tests, because we all know that those are admissible in court, and I think that's the report. Aren't. Aren't. Yes. Thank you. And so, and plus, you, I, I feel like you can't always rely on the lie detector test, but then again, like, it's oh, just yeah. enough there. And you said that uh, her husband, his came back inconclusive, right? Yes. See, for some reason, I just, I, <laughs> you want to say it's him, but, like, there's no evidence, or at least they're not releasing anything. They're keeping the public in the dark, but it's like, that's suspicious. Yes. I agree. Ugh. And that keeps doing that. this to me, Ash. Now you can all go lay in bed and not go to bed because you'll be thinking about where the H is this truck. No, like, okay, every time, which is almost every time. You've done a missing person case. I will literally. I know. And I said I was going to do a solved <laughs> one. I know. You I'm did. sorry. I Hashtag... did. And I lied. You lied. But it's fine. <laughs> I forgive you. But now I will. I will probably when I'm up with my child who has decided that he doesn't want to sleep at night. I will probably research more into this case because I can't help. Oh, myself. yeah. And it's very interesting. Actually, like. If you like that type of things, to go and read, like, on Reddit and um, there's other places, but all the conspiracy theories, because it really makes you, like, your mind just, like, go crazy with it, which can be annoying, but also it's kind of intriguing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it is. And I see, like, I see why this case for you is, like, one of those cases that you can't let go of. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Dang it. I know. I'm sorry. No, you're not. I'll try to work on my solved cases because, you know, mm -hmm. give you guys a little bit of closure every once mm -hmm. in a while. But We will see about that. That was this week's story. Yeah. Uh, we'd like to hear from you guys and see what you guys think, what your thoughts yes. are on this case. Please. We will upload pictures of the couple of the truck. Um, of their families we will post this on our instagram page at crime potatoes so go follow us and comment on that post yeah give us your theory yes we want to know what you guys think about this yeah yeah that's it well good job ash thank you we will see you guys next week for a brand new episode stay safe potatoes bye